0: In a year and a half, we, we, we've got a, the way we had our children wasn't wasn't a planned thing. Matthew will graduate college, and pro, and possibly move out of the state because we don't know where, where that'll happen. Zach will graduate high school, and his plan is to go directly to either college or the military. And Madeline will graduate eighth grade and go into high school. Um, and so those are three big milestones in life. We will grieve that. We will grieve that Madeline's now a high schooler and she's no longer a, a kid. and We'll grieve that Zach is out of the house and we'll grieve that Nat- Matthew won't come home as much as he does and he doesn't get, get to come home often. So, so grief is about any, any type of loss that you, that you might experience, even a loss of a friendship. Selling of a family home. If you grew up for a long time in a home uh, that you knew and, and you sell it, here, Here's when you can have, uh, you don't even live in that home anymore, but mom and dad decide to sell the family home. And you don't even live there anymore, and you grieve. And you go, what is this about? There's a loss. There's a loss. And so grief is about loss. So it's working through the loss. And so, so I, I go to all that to say, it's okay to grieve. It's okay because it's a natural response. And everyone... Really does grieve differently. I'm just going to cut a couple things to encourage us. Everyone grieves differently, so you can't look out at somebody who's not crying and say, "Well, they're just not grieving." Grief looks different, and it looks different at any second, at any moment. In 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 any given family, um, the grief when there's a loss of a loved one um, right afterwards. There might be somebody upstairs laughing because they remember something funny that they did and somebody in the back room crying and somebody out in the backyard beating the tree because they're angry. Because those are all parts of grief. I want to give give a couple of myths uh, about grief. The pain will go away faster if you ignore it. Uh, You know, it's just not true. It's not true. What will happen is you will think it will go away until it resurfaces just as hard as the first moment you felt it because you're stuffing it. So it doesn't go away if you ignore it. It's, it's, it's important to go through the healing process to allow the grief, the, the pain, to come back again. Another myth, it's important to be strong in the face of loss. That's a tough one. You know, some people feel that way. Maybe that's more of a guy men, right? You're going know, to so say, I'm going to be strong. Feeling sad or frightened or lonely is just a normal reaction to loss. And it's okay to let those feelings go. Crying doesn't mean you're, you're weak. Men, crying doesn't mean you're weak. You don't need to protect your family from your grief. In fact, one of the things that we can do is by grieving, you can actually sometimes give somebody else permission to grieve who doesn't have permission inside of themselves to grieve don't ever be worried about the person uh, maybe who's closest to the to the loved one um, that, that that maybe by grieving in front of them that you're going to make them grieve more we do that though we do that oh I don't want to call them you know I was thinking about them I don't want to call because you know I don't want to th- I don't want to remind them you, they don't need a reminder they're going through grief so it's okay Grieve. grieve with them Myth: If you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry about the loss. I've heard that a little bit. You know, well, yeah, they're not crying, or maybe they just don't miss them at all. Not everyone does cry. There's not a right way to grieve, um, but there's a lot of ways. Uh, sadness is just one. Let me give you a couple of stages. Uh, oh, last one. Here's a good. This is a good one. Grief should last just about a year. You know, hey, hey, it's coming up on a year. Are you about done? You know, you've been grieving for a long time now, so you should be over this now. My, my dad died uh, 25 years ago, I think. And just last year, just, just within this last year, I should say, out of nowhere, just blindsides me again, and I just begin to cry again. So I guess I'm abnormal because it lasted more than a year. Grief is going to come and go, and it's just going to be the, this thing. And, and it's, it's, it's been described as a wave. It's been described as a roller coaster. You know, the waves come in, and if you go down to the beach, sometimes they're mild, and then all of a sudden, you know, and then there's a huge one and just sweeps you I like that analogy of grief is like a wave. Waves coming in. And, and sometimes they're just kind of sloshing, and you're like, I can do this. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the big one comes and just knocks you down. You know, where did that one come from and every once in a while I feel like the tsunami just comes in and wipes everything out for the moment stages of grief Uh, it's been said there's five stages of grief there's uh, there's possibly other things, this isn't a, a final list and these aren't in chronological order but these are things that you'll go through during grief and if you're going through any of these if you ever have, this is just what happens, denial well, the biggest stage of, 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 of grief, its first one typically, is denial. This isn't happening. This can't happen to me. Um, that, that will get so 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 real at times that we almost don't believe the person um, is dead, is gone, is something's happened. Anger is, a, is one of the stages of grief. Pastor Jeff talked about this yesterday in the memorial. He's feeling all the stages of grief at different times. He talked about anger as being one of them. And the anger can be about a lot of things, that they, that they left so early that God didn't save them, that, you know, I mean, y- y- you can even feel guilty because you'll, you'll get angry that the person wasn't prepared, didn't prepare you for them dying. You know, that's, that's, just go with it. It's this part of the thing. It's, it's anger. Bargaining. Bargaining happens when the, the loss is imminent, but maybe not here more, more often than not. But we, we can even post-bargain but a bargain would be, God, you know, if, if you don't take that person or if you, you know, don't let this happen, I'll serve you forever. Or I'll stop doing this. And we try to bargain with God. Bargaining is actually part of the grief process. And, and, and it can almost go back into the other side. You know, God, if you would have taken me, you could have, let, you could have left her and taken me. And we, we'll even try to bargain after the fact. So that's part of the grief, and that's okay. Of course, depression. Depression is, is different than sadness depression is that I'm really too sad to do anything this is part of the stages so if you're if you're grieving if you've been going through a process and you're into any one of these and there's one more uh, that that it's one of the stages now we, we want to be careful that we don't stay too long in any one of these stages because there can be difficulties um, depression especially if depression uh, some people say well should I take antidepressants if I'm if I'm depressed because I'm grieving? And my, my quick answer is probably not. Probably not. Don't look there. Um, if, if you've been t- depressed for a long time, however, sometimes a, a situational depression can turn into a, a clinical depression that you've actually altered the chemicals in your body and you may need some antidepressants temporarily as well as getting what I'm going to highly recommend for anyone going through any type of grief is... Is, is grief counseling or grief share books. Um, attending a, a group, like, there is a, one up here, it's called grief share, is very important, it's very helpful. Don't grieve alone is another one. The last stage real quick and I'll get a couple things and this isn't even the message, I don't know if they're recording it or not, if not, bummer. But um, the last stage of grief is acceptance. You know, you, you, we kind of say, I'm at peace with what happened here's the thing with that and that's wonderful we go yes can I just skip the four and go to five right yes us guys and and we'll we'll even muster through that and we'll fake it and we'll maybe girl women do the same thing but I know a lot of guys this is our mo and we'll just go straight for that one say hey you know what happened I accept it we're gonna move on the problem is, is that's just what we're saying it's not what we're actually feeling and 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 even if we are feeling it at the moment, like, you know, I've, I've accepted that. Tomorrow, the wave will come in again, slam you to the ground, and the anger or the depression or the sadness might come up again, and you go, oh, here we are again. I guess it hasn't been a year yet. <laughs> 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 Laughing can be good, but that doesn't cure depression either. That doesn't cure grief. Um, there's a lot to to be said about 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 grief. Um, like I said, everyone is grieving over something at, at almost any given moment in time. They they might be in the acceptance mode while you're with them, and so you don't even know that they're grieving. If you're in the beginning of grief, I want to lift some guilt off. It's okay to have a moment that you're not thinking about the loss don't feel guilty because you have a good day or a good hour or you have a, a moment where you're not thinking about the loss. And, and and anyone who's grieved a really close loss, the death of a spouse is the death of a child. It the, This will really hit, hit. You actually can feel guilty because you didn't think about them maybe for the day and you had a good time. You know, it's part of the process of, of, of moving and, and going on. So those, are, so those are some of the stages of grief. Finding some support after a loss. Turn to friends and family. It's, it's good. That, that's why when somebody dies, the best thing is to, to pull them all together to spend time together. Um, to laugh, to grieve, to cry. To, to, to get angry, to allow people to have their emotions in that, in that moment. But draw draw for strength, turn to friends and family to be able to talk about it. Lean on people. You know, it's okay. Sometimes we're weak and, and, when, and other people are strong when we're weak and then hopefully we'll be strong someday when somebody else is weak. Let's, let's make sure that we can do that. Uh, of course... We believe in Jesus Christ. And so turning to, to your faith, to, to Christ in a time like this and to the community of believers is so important. So don't grieve alone. Don't grieve alone. <coughs> um, I encourage that support groups. Um, there, there are some up here. There's some down the hill. Uh, there's, um, there, there's even a potential that we might start one. Um, Sherry Janko-Plord, who's talked about doing that so we can see if that'll happen in the future. But if you're really going through a tough time and, if, and if, you're, if you're stuck, in, especially if you're stuck in a stage of grief for a while and you're like, wait a second, I've been in this stage for a while and maybe it's been a few weeks rather than a few hours or a day or two. Because often, often, but not always, you'll go through a stage quickly. I mean, you could go in, in, in an hour and go through almost all five stages in one hour. And then sometimes you might spend hours in one or maybe a day or two. Um, If if you're long-term, multiple days, especially getting into multiple weeks and months in one of the stages, I encourage you to get some help. Find a group. Find somebody to work through this with. Um, And I'm not a grief counselor. I'm still learning how to grieve. But I'll talk to you. We can grieve together. We can pray. But there are people who who, um, have a lot more insight and help in this. And um, so, so you can talk to a therapist or a grief counselor. Take care of yourself couple of quick things um face your feelings I'm gonna do that this week I, I with Linda's passing I didn't do that last week um I felt like there was a lot going on and I had to do and and um I actually kind of made it a plan and a purpose to to get through the memorial yesterday and I'm gonna try to get through this morning too before I face my feelings but face them it's good um you know, get creative. Express your feelings. Men, I, I'll talk, talk to men and women at the same time. Women, your husbands are physical beings. And when we have an anger outlet, we, we sometimes have to let it out physically. So men, let's find something that is healthy. Most of the guys I know have bloodied their knuckles on walls and trees and cars and car windows and you know, and 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 that's very scary. That, that's that's kind of dangerous. Go out and hit a hit a whole bunch of uh, golf balls or something. It's okay. Go for a run. I, I know a guy who's going through some some grief right now. Um, goes out and jumps rope. You know, I can't do that very long without passing out. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm good. If I do that, I mean. But there's actually a real physical thing. and, and women, if you have that too, if there's this thing. Find a physical outlet that's healthy and safe. You can run, jump rope, hit golf balls. Um, In the past, I hit things. I've broken through walls and doors and bloodied my knuckles on trees. I'm normal. Welcome to the club, right, guys? Because, you know, we usually want to sense, well, I'd never do that. And our our wives go, yeah, he does. (laughs) encourage us all, keep looking after your physical health, you got to eat, keep exercising, those think good things. Um, don't let anyone tell you how to feel, and don't tell yourself how to feel. You know, we, we could say don't tell other people how to feel, but don't let anyone tell you how you're supposed to feel. Just, just go through the grief, go through the feelings. You know, people will even say good many things. Are you done yet? Are you over? Are you back to normal? Just, you know, well, you shouldn't be this angry. You shouldn't be angry because God's good, and you know, and they're in a better place, so don't be angry. Just yeah <laughs> See the physical guy over here. <laughs> um, plan ahead for grief. This isn't my stuff. I am not this smart. Plan ahead for grief triggers. <laughs> What's a grief trigger? going into a, a situation that's just absolutely going to remind you about the the loss um, if, you've, if it's a loss of a child going anywhere where there are children that are happy you know if, if it's I mean you know right plan ahead it doesn't say avoid plan ahead see if you're ready um you know be ready to grieve be prepared for to just get taken out emotionally um and know that it's totally normal. So, um, even, don't be afraid, this, this is just barely mentioned here, but don't be afraid to talk to others about your expectations and your thoughts towards things when you're getting together, especially with family members. If you've got somebody who's, who's passed away, and you're about to go into the family situation, it's a a Christmas or whatever it might be, and you're going to be surrounded by by family, don't be afraid to actually talk about things, especially if you have an idea like, you know, hey, I want to do this just like we used to do. Um, I encourage you to talk about that with the family because somebody else might be thinking, I don't want to do this the way we used to do it because it's going to devastate me. And so you'll get into the situation with your loved ones, and you'll be at odds, and, and, and it won't be good. So talk, 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 talk. Is that, isn't this helpful? It was helpful to me. So grief, it's okay. It's part of life, and it is part of life. Is You know, I'm getting a little older. You know, I'm not as young as I used to be. I realize because I've known more people, and so my the people I know, they're aging, that it seems like people are dying much quicker than they used to. I don't think that's the case. Because the the mortality rate has always been and still continues to be 100%. And so people have always passed away, died. Um, But I think the longer you live... You, you, you you're connected to more places and things and so and and then typically the people you're connected to are getting older too so it is part of life and it's something we it's good to, to understand a little bit so that for ourselves and for others who maybe don't have a good understanding and to help them go through it amen I still can't see the clock so I'm gonna have to get something up here to tell me time soon Um is it 10:30? Oh, great! Hey, w- we're going to receive an offering, and if you—if you're, yes, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. Close in prayer. <laughs> There's one in every crowd. Two or three in this one. Hey, if you're visiting this morning, please don't run. We're actually a family, we love each other, we love the Lord, we love, we love to worship, uh, we, we, we have plans to grow, and um, it's, it's a privilege to have you this morning, and, and if you are visiting, uh, believe it or not, I'm the pastor, um, and my name is Rob. Anyways, but if you want to get to know more about us, I want to give you a couple of things I do. because I can't tell if there's any visitors out there or not, <laughs> just, we just have like, you know, 80 blobs out there of color, flesh-toned. Um, we have visitor packets available in the foyer, in the front, on the pat, and the seats. There's some connection cards. I'd love you to fill one out, um, even if you've been here three or four times and you were afraid to fill one out the first time. We don't sell it to mass marketing. We don't put it on Facebook. But we'd just like to connect with you, to get to know you a little bit. Encourage you uh, to look at our website. We have a lot of resources there. We're look- We're going to be getting more and more resources all the time. Uh, but you can get to know who we are a little bit by looking at the website in, in these in these places. So I want to. Invite you to do that, and the best way to get to know at least part of the church is to attend a life group. Uh, We have life groups that meet throughout the midweek, and we're going to be opening some new ones coming very quickly. Um, So, so that some information is coming actually in in today's kind of message um, about attending a life group. So, and so, anyways, but in a moment we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna continue to worship by receiving an offering. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to prepare your offering, some people do that at home ahead of time. Go ahead and do that now. But I wanna I wanna just share a little bit with you, kind of out of a passage that that, uh, that I was thinking about this week. Uh, have you ever had a pastor or preacher coming to ch- you know go to church and ask to give, and it just doesn't make sense for you in the moment to give? Have you ever felt like God was asking for your very last penny? I have. There's been times where I felt like he wanted me to give um, everything I had or or the only thing I had left. And it doesn't always make sense. Kind of like the sign that we didn't take down because of the storm that says when God doesn't make sense. Sometimes giving doesn't make sense. But the the reality is that um, God asks us to give sometimes. And it doesn't add up and, and make sense. Instead, it's often really scary. And it's even tougher when you realize that God has asked you to give the first 10% to him before you have your 90%. That's what tithing is. It's giving the first 10%. And it doesn't always make sense. It has not always made sense to me either. There's been times I didn't have enough money to pay my bills. And I I felt like God was calling me to give. And, And so there was times I did. And there was times I didn't. Shock of all shocks, I don't always listen to God. It, 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 it's the struggle that we have. But there's a story in First Kings chapter 17 about the poor widow who had really nothing left to give. She was she was starving basically. And Elijah, God's prophet, who you know, it's kind of like a pastor, I guess. Um, he came to their place and when he arrived he says give me a little food and water and she began to explain to him we have nothing we have nothing I was just about to make a last meal and then I was going to die that's how poor and and nothing she had she says I was going to make a last meal for my child and myself my son and me and after that I'm going to die and so Elijah encouraged her to give anyway I'm not that bold. Wow. It was a scary moment for her. Life and death. There had been a famine in the land. But her request to give was not without a promise. Elijah explained to her. The Bible says that if you would give first to God, that he would supply all of her needs. And so the woman in faith and obedience gave some to Elijah. The first part. For the rest of the time as she continued to feed Elijah... Her oil and her bread never ran out. God provide her for the, to the very end and that 's a really hard thing for us to, to understand god 's promise in that He promises to meet our needs if we 're faithful and obedient and so this morning, you know when, you, when you're asked and you 're to give and it doesn 't make sense, we have to trust the Lord. you know trust God, see what he 's saying to you about this let 's see if that 's what He would say and put on your heart but let 's go ahead and pray for the offering this morning. father we want to ask you to continue to provide for us in amazing ways lord and i pray for faith in all of us um, because lord still sometimes for me it's still difficult even though i've seen so many miracles and your provision in my life uh, um, it's still difficult so i just pray for that extra faith god and i pray that you would meet us and provide for all of our needs in jesus name amen amen so today is going to be a little a little different Talking to Gary last night, and uh, <coughs> last we were just actually just kind of talking how tired we are. <laughs> Is anyone else tired? Okay, I'm I'm tired. I'm just I, I'm feeling, you know. <sighs> last night after the memorial, I uh, I didn't just I just had nothing left in me. Um, Great job, by you and Jeff. Oh. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. That's awesome. Thank you. It was a, it was a great effort by everyone. And, and so, but one of the things that was happening is, is we were both feeling like today was like the beginning of the year, even though it happened a couple of weeks ago. Kind of beginning that stuff. So I'm going to kind of treat today almost like the beginning of the year and, and talk about some things we're going to be, that are coming up. I've got a number of announcements, but I don't want them to be just be announcements because they're really a part of what's uh, important here and what we're doing, and then if there's any time, we'll I'll share a couple of scriptures too. So these are not in your bulletin, and I was going to copy them off, and I still can do that later. But so take some notes. There is, these are really important things. Annual membership meeting snuck up on us. It's January 29th, immediately following the Sunday service. So if you're a member. We need to come together on that day to, to do a few things. And, and some of the things we need to do that day is to nominate a new board member that's going to serve a three-year term. And then we'll be looking at financial reports for the past year, which, by the way, they look really, really, really good. God was really faithful to us. We'll be um, review a little bit of 2016, and we'll approve the new budget for 2017. That's all in two weeks. So I'm going to say something. I'm, re- I'm going to apologize ahead of time. We were supposed to have those statements, some statements and things sent out to you this week. With everything going on, it just didn't get done. In fact, the finances, the the, the yearly financials aren't even finished yet um, because of everything going on. So we're going to get them done this week, and they'll go out to you by the end of the week, which means you'll have a a week to look at them, or you'll have a week to put them on your table and not look at them, and then bring them to the meeting. (laughs) Whatever you normally do is fine. Um, so but put that on your calendar we'll have we'll have lunch together and then we'll do that now that's part of uh, of, of what we do and we'll be talking about vision and what we'll be doing in the is next year and i'm excited in the midst of grieving in the midst of loss i'm also excited that god is, still has a plan for each of us and he plans a plan for this congregation so so put that on your calendar we're going to do that this is kind of a funny announcement there's another storm coming next week Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it looks like. And they're saying this one looks bigger than this, this coming one. They said it's bigger than the last one just went by. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah, it's coming, out. Yeah. Wednesday night. The first part might be kind of rain, and then the second system is like massive, I guess. But we'll see. You know, I mean, hey, they're only right about 40% of the time. Anyways, that means snow might come over the weekend. By the way, did you like having uh, the, the parking lot and everything plowed today? Give Greg a hand. He comes, and he, pl- and he did this on, on Friday night, uh, so he didn't have to you know, do it on the Saturday morning before the memorial. And he just keeps coming and getting that done. And Zach went and shoveled all the walks, and so it's, it's really nice. Uh, would he do your driveway? He will. He likes green and, not, and and not salad. Um, yeah. So, but you know, when this when the storms come in, if you're ever thinking about it and you want to get come by and shovel the, church, tr- you know, we got walkways and stuff. Don't shovel the parking lot, but we got walkways. Shoveling can always be done. Storm coming next week. Intercessory prayers at three o'clock on Saturdays encourage you to come if you, you want to come and pray for an hour. You don't have to commit to come every week. But if you can ever come, just come. It's not organized other than it's at 3 p.m. So if you can't get here till 3.30, slip in, pray for 15, 20, 30 minutes, and leave. It usually lasts about an hour. It's, v- it's really important to just pray. For We're praying for the anointing of God and for Him to move within our congregation that we might be a, more of a light and more of a witness here in, in Big Bear City. Um Repair. If you have any questions, can you call Gail Stafford and I've got her phone number if you need her talk to Brenda right there and she'll point you right in the right way. Uh, new life drama we already know is coming. Don't forget though, if you've got a room, talk to Jesse, the one with the bright what'd she say, the bright blonde hair. I don't know. Uh, the same day as the well the same day as the, uh, the annual meeting, Mark Johnson. Mark and Jan Lee is coming. Both she gets to come this year. Forerunner Ministries—it's one of our missions that we support. They'll be here in service on Sunday. Um, they always bring a great word of the Lord and a great time of worship. So don't miss that Sunday again. That's the annual meeting, also, and so they'll be here. But on the Saturday night before that, we're going to have a community-wide time of praise and worship. If you like worship, do not miss this. It's not going to be here though. Um, I asked Pastor Mike if we could just go ahead and bomb his Saturday night service so that Mark, Mark could be with them too. So we'll be at Foursquare Church, which is at the airport on Saturday the 28th for a time of worship. And uh, service starts at 6.30 there, right, Gare? Yeah, 6.30. Um, so put that on your calendar. Put that in your thing. We'll put it up on the on the Facebook page and, and the uh, church website also. January 28th, 29th. They'll be here for a couple days. And the big announcement that we're beginning to do here. And this is, this is exciting. Starting in February, on February 12th to be exact, the church is going to be going through The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, just by a show of hands, who's, uh, wh- who's ever um, read The Purpose Driven Life? Okay, quite a few of you are read. Who's heard of The Purpose Driven Life? Probably the rest of you, right? Uh, the Purpose Driven Life is a great, it's a 42-day journey A daily journey of of, uh, a little devotional to read. But we're going to be going through as a church. So on Sunday mornings, we're going to be talking about the five purposes. The five purposes that God created us for. We're not created just happenstance He didn't just say, do whatever you want to do, have fun. He actually created mankind with a purpose. If we can connect with the purpose that God created us for, our lives will be so much more fruitful. They'll be so much more blessed. We'll have the right focuses. Many people have been climbing the ladder of success only to find out that it's been resting on the wrong building. If you don't know what God created you for and the purpose that God created you for, you're spinning your wheels. And so we're going to look at that, and it's not a secret. I'm going to tell you what we were created for. And I, you know, I don't buy into things really easy. There's always a quick this and a five steps and a bump and a tweet and, another, and all these things. But when I really thought about these, I thought, this is what God created us for, and they are this. And you will, you'll, you'll probably get sick of hearing this. You were created. We were planned for God's pleasure. When he created us, he planned us for his pleasure. He wanted to have communion with us. When he created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he would walk with them in the cool of the day. So our first purpose is to offer God real worship. That's why the first thing we do when we come together on a Sunday morning is to worship. In your life groups, one of the first things that we want to do is to worship God because we were created for that relationship and that God actually receives pleasure in relationship with you. Let that one sink in. Two, we were formed for God's family. He made us so that we would enjoy fellowship with one another. He wants us to be part of the family of God, and that's why we, have, uh, that's why we gather together as, a, as the church, the body of Christ. That's why we have life groups, because we were formed for fellowship, worship and fellowship. We were created to become like Christ. We were f- created to become like Christ. He wants us to all become disciples. What was the great commission? Go into the world and make disciples. God created us that we would actually become disciples. Now, right there is a little tough on some of us, because some of you might have been saved a really long time in your life and like, I won't think I'd call myself a disciple. But you were created for that, and so if you haven't been pressing into God and becoming a disciple, which is a learner, disciple just means learner, then, then you're actually missing a purpose, and there's something been missing in your life. And I'll tell you, as we go through this together and begin to step into these things, we will, I believe, we'll have uh, more life in our life. We were shaped for serving God, number four. We were shaped for serving God. And so God, God has actually uh, given you a purpose to practice ministry. What ministry does God have for you? He wants each and every one of his children, everyone to find the ministry that God created them for. One of the great things that happened over the, the time of the memorial is we saw people's giftings coming out. They were able to step into their service, their ministry. You were shaped to do that, and if you are not walking in it, then you're not living totally in the purpose that God has for you. The fifth one is that you are actually made for a mission. You were made for a mission. See, we have set up the church starting from 400 A.D. in a way that allows people to feel a separation between the old term, the clergy, and the laity. The pastor and the parishioners. And it's, it's, it, we, we, we want to help everyone understand that one of my giftings, besides sarcasm, is, a, <laughs> is pastor. And so, and, and so I, I try to shepherd people. And I believe he's given me a gift of, of preaching, teaching. And so that's mine. But because of that, I'm a little bit maybe more in the front but each of us have a gift and a calling and a ministry and a mission and so when we think of ministry and mission which is the fifth we have to understand that you have a mission just as much as me and we might have a corporate mission as a church but God has given you a mission to fulfill and and that includes evangelism everyone is called to evangelism he didn't say when Jesus sent the disciples out he didn't say Those of you that have the gift of evangelism, go and make disciples or go and tell others about Jesus. He says, go into all the world teaching and preaching. We're all supposed to share our faith in evangelism. Now, the difference is it will look very different for you than it might for me. Mark Mark Johnson's going to come on the 29th, and he's going to bring bring a word, but part of his gifting is evangelist. And that's where I, I went out with him for years on the streets, Uh, of hollywood and new york and texas all over the united states and into multiple nations sharing our faith openly out on the streets and some of you would say never not me not this little gray duck i you know i don't do that well that's fine you don't have to do that but god did call you to do the work of an evangelist to to share your faith and if we're not doing that in our life we're actually you'll find that as as you will be willing to step into what he's created you for, you'll feel more fulfilled and you will also see the kingdom of God expand. So evangelism. And uh, you know, I was thinking again from the memorial yesterday, you know, Linda impacted so many people. But I don't know if Joe and Linda ever went down to the Big Bear Lake on a street corner and shared their faith and passed out tracts or not. But there are people that the the, the people who wrote in stories of how she impacted them and she was a witness to them because she just did it in her life she did it at her work she did it uh, through the co-op wherever she was at and we need to be the same that we would just say god help me to be a witness for you wherever i am wherever i go so we're going to begin this this great journey of the purpose-driven life it's going to take about seven weeks uh, to get through it all we'll have uh, messages each week in your life groups um, you'll be watching videos and going through the material, and we're also encouraging that you would read the daily devotional book that we're, we're going to have. And the book itself is like, I think I can get them for $12 right now. If I, so if you want to buy a book, we're going next starting next week, we'll, we'll do some sign-ups for a couple weeks, and then I'll order a whole bunch. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can find it in a lot of different places. If you have an old copy, that one will work. Uh, we have some updates for it, so I'll give you the updates. But um, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be February 12th. We're going to take about, like I said, seven weeks to go through that. And as we do that, we're going to need a couple new home groups or a couple new life groups. So we're going to be looking for some people who, will, who would commit to opening their home and be a host for eight weeks. So here's what I'm going to start asking. Would you pray about opening a home and being a host for eight weeks? Not for the whole year, not forever. And you go, what is a host? This, I stole this directly from, from Pastor Rick. The, I love it. All you have to do is you have to have a heart for your community or your church. That's the H. You have to open your home every week. You have to serve a few refreshments. See where this is going? HOS. And you have to turn on the DVD player. And that's it. You've got to have a heart. Open your home, serve a few snacks, and turn on the DVD player. Everything else, you don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be a teacher. It's going to be video-driven. We'll have a study guide. You just kind of kind of do that for eight weeks. Um, and so be praying about that, and I'm going to be asking over the next couple weeks for people to actually sign up and say, I would be willing to be a host to do that because we're going to need a few more, a few more uh, groups, I think, to open up. I know there's a number of you that aren't in a life group yet, and I'm really encouraging you to find one, at least for this eight-week period. All right. Good. That's a lot of announcements.